This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good night of Shabbos. We are at the threshold. We're about to embrace not only a Shabbos, but Hanukkah and our holidays. Things are happening. Things are happening in our very own lives. And the question is, how do we incorporate the messages that have to be taken with us into the festival of Hanukkah and into our summer holidays? One thinks that the summer holidays are time to just switch off and just be and just do nothing and just do whatever we feel like. And the truth is that the life of a Jew is anything but. Every moment that we have in this world is meant to be used, to be used wisely, to be used with focus, to be used with intention. And if God arranges the structure of a day, that there's a night and a day, and that the human body needs to rest, that is part of his divine plan. That during the daytime hours, as well as during the nighttime hours, there are specific things that can be accomplished, should be accomplished. When the nights are long, we're told, the long nights are given for the study of Torah. We're told that the fact that we finish a day and we reflect on the day that was before going to bed when we say the Shema, that is an activity that is necessary in order for tomorrow to be a better day. Everything is contingent upon everything else. Life is not divided up into segments, although we do have hours and days and weeks and months and years and different stages of life and different seasons in life. There's a common theme that runs through everything, and that is life. And the question is, what is life? What is life for? God gives us life, breath, health, another day, what are we meant to do with it? And not that all the days are the same. Rosh Hashanah is not like Yom Kippur, and Hanukkah is not like Purim. Pesach is not like Shavuot. But there is a common thread. The Jewish nation has not always lived in one place. We started off, yes, Abraham in the land of Canaan. But the journeying that has taken place since then has brought us to every corner of the world. And wherever we go, the theme is the same. And in this week's Parsha, Joseph, Yosef, is going to be the Jew who descends into Egypt and not only descends into Egypt, but goes through an incredible series of highs and lows. But throughout, he remains Joseph, Yosef. Throughout, he remains 
the one who has the title Hatzadik, the righteous one. Abraham is called Avraham Avinu, our patriarch. Moshe is called Moshe Rabbeinu, our teacher. David is called David HaMelech, our king. We have one who is called HaTzadik, Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph the Righteous One. How did he earn that title? What is it that he did that made him singled out, as it were? We're going to look at that a bit more closely. And the message that he gives us, particularly at this time of the year, when we are going on holiday. Maybe holiday means I don't have to go to school. Maybe holiday means I don't have to go to work. Maybe holiday means I'm leaving my home. Maybe holiday means I'm leaving my city, my country. Maybe holiday means I'm going to be doing something that I don't normally do, whether my schedule will be different, my environment will be different. I have to be the same. And the question is, what is that sameness that is required? The word sadiq, the one who is just, the one who is upright, the one who is true to himself, the lessons that Joseph gives us in being that person and the lessons in Jewish leadership need to be taken to heart, particularly at this time of the year. And so we're going to explore particularly certain very practical things that happened and draw inspiration from them. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. I've got Nerev Shabbos. Parashas Vayeshev. And the word Vayeshev means and teaches us a symbol of tranquility. And Joseph and Yaakov, Jacob, finally came back to the land of his father. And for nine years, he had tranquility. He had overcome his brother Esav. He had run away from Esav. He'd overcome Lavan, overcome Esav again, battled with Shechem. He was a feared, respected, an absolutely powerful individual. And he thought perhaps he wanted that he had finally reached the promised land. Now he'd be able to rest. Now he'd be able to focus on his family, consolidate the family, raise them to be everything they needed to be in order to carry on the great mission of his grandfather Abraham, his father Isaac. And that's what he thought. But after nine years of that tranquility, it was shattered. And the Parsha this week is anything but tranquility. Nevertheless, that tranquility will ultimately be there when Mashiach comes. It's what we yearn for, that Vayeshev, that focusing on spirituality, on godliness, on consolidation. That's not our mission at the moment. As the Parsha tells us, Jacob is going to suffer. 
he's going to suffer the separation from his son. He's going to suffer with the discord amongst his children. He's going to suffer the agony of not knowing. When he fought with Asov, the opponent was clear. And the focus was, I need to get away from him and later to fight with him. With Lavon, despite the fact that Lavon, his father-in-law, kept trying to cheat him, it was an understandable focus goal. With Shrem, this was something that had to be done, a battle that had to be won. But here it seemed like useless, useless suffering to be separated from his precious son, the son of Rachel, the woman he loved, whom he had lost, Joseph, the one that he saw, who was the one who was going to be endowed with all of the powers needed to take the family mission forward. And then a seeming heartbreaking interruption in all of this. Nevertheless, we focus on Joseph. There's a hidden reason. Yosef is sold. He goes down into Egypt. It's not useless suffering. Ultimately, ultimately, we will have the Parsha of Vayechi, where Jacob is fully alive. There is a long period now of difficulty, of pain, of suffering. However, ultimately, there is going to be clarity as to why all of this happened. The exile is long. The troubles are many. But we're going to share a story today, one of the many about a Hanukkah miracle. Because the story of Hanukkah, too, is a story of years of struggle. It's a symbol, really, of what has happened to us in exile in so many countries. But ultimately, ultimately there is clarity. The clarity that we want to see is the clarity when the Mashiach will come. The Mashiach will answer all of our questions. The Mashiach will explain to us not only why we suffered, not only why there were difficulties, but we'll actually see the goodness that seemed to be darkness then. But I have a lovely Hanukkah story to share. And it's a story that took place after the Second World War. The war was over, and a Jewish private, whose name was Private Winnegar, who served in the army, in the U.S. Army during the war, Private Winnegar was now stationed in Europe, and he has an amazing story to tell. And the story is that after the war, they were hunting down Nazis who were hiding. His unit was assigned to a particular town, and the soldiers were told, you must secure that town, and you must look for Nazis who are hiding nearby and trying to escape. 
He tells the story how late one night he's on patrol and he sees a shadow and then he sees the figure of a person and the person is running through a field just outside the town and he shouts, Halt! Halt or I'll shoot! And this figure ducks behind a tree. And something inside of this Jewish soldier told him, wait it out. So he, too, crouched behind some bushes and waited and waited, and eventually this figure creeps out, and he, that, he sees this figure slither to a spot behind a very big tree. And he's watching, and this person begins to dig. He takes a rock and he digs, and then scooping earth, and eventually, with his bare hands, he's just digging frantically. The private is fascinated. He waits until the digging stops, and he stands up again, and he says, You there, halt, or I'll shoot. And he tells how this figure froze, but then turns and runs away. Again, Telling the story, Private Vinegar says, something inside of me told me, don't shoot. So, instead, he followed that figure and eventually sprinted and caught him, tackled him. And to to his surprise, he found it was a young boy. And as he was scuffling with him, amazingly, a Hanukkah menorah fell out of the child's hands. And the boy was now terrified. He tries to grab it back, and in German he's saying, Gibt es mir, gibt es mir, gibt es mir, give it to me. So now, Vinegar realizes this is a Jew, and he tries to calm him down, assure, assure him, I'm not going to hurt you in his broken Yiddish. He said, Ich bin Aid. kept saying, Ich bin Aid over and over again. And eventually, he calmed the child, and then, Eventually, the story came out. He had just survived the Holocaust. He had just survived several years in the concentration camps. And obviously, he didn't trust anybody in uniform. But something about private about this boy drew Private Vinegar to him. And he began to look after him. And he took the child under his wing And the child, whose name was David, David, grew closer and closer to this young Jewish soldier. And then he doesn't know why he said it. He knew why he said it, but how he would do it. But one day he said to the child, I'm going to take you back with me to the United States. Would you like that? Of course, the child was thrilled. And Vinegar managed to do all the paperwork, and he finally adopted the child, and they came to New York. And later on, this soldier became active in the Jewish community, and one day an old friend of his came, and in the house he saw the menorah, which was ornate, it was beautiful. And this friend was so excited. He worked for the Jewish Museum, And when he looked at the menorah, he said, this is really, really valuable. He says, wow, 
this is an example of historic European Jewish art. I want to buy it. And then he came back to say that the museum was willing to pay $50,000 for it. But David said, no, thank you. He said, I've had this menorah since I was born. It's been in my family. It's been in my family for 200 years. No money in the world can ever make me sell it. I hope you understand, but this is all I have now left of my family. Anyway, when Hanukkah came, they used the menorah. They had latkes. They put the menorah in the window. And suddenly there was a knock at the door. And there stood an older woman. And she was standing and pointing at the window. And in a thick accent, she said, she was walking down the street when she saw the menorah. She said that once long ago she'd seen a menorah like that, and she never saw another one like it again, and it was really beautiful. Could she come and have a closer look? And so Vinegar said, of course, and she came inside, and he told her that it belongs to his son and that his son could explain better, so he called him, David, come here. There's a woman who wants to know about your menorah. And that is how David was reunited with his mother. His father had been shot, but his mother had been taken away. And it was the menorah that brought them back together again. There are certain things in our Jewishness that have no price. And like the menorah, we hold on to them wherever we go, no matter what we wear, no matter the language we speak, no matter where we find ourselves, there are certain things that are not negotiable. And those are the things we need to examine now as we go on holiday. The food we eat, we eat like a Jew. The clothing we wear, we dress like a Jew. The places we go, we not only go to places that are fitting for a Jew, but there's a further message. And that message is the third part of this. Wherever we go, we need to be the light, the light unto others. This is what Yosef was. He found himself in Egypt. But not only did he find himself in Egypt, he maintained who he was, integral. And not only that, he benefited those around him. Yosef was an oyer lagoim, a light unto the nations. It was through Yosef that they survived, that they had food. In fact, it was through Yosef that they all had to circumcise themselves. Yosef had a powerful influence on his environment. How? Number one, by never giving up one iota of his identity, his pride, his dignity, knowing who he was. I am Yaakov's son, followed him through all of his trials and tribulations. But it wasn't just about rescuing him. It was about growing him to be a light, a help unto others to save them and to elevate them, 
to help to improve their lives. That is what Yosef symbolizes. And we as a nation are called Joseph. In Tehillim, King David says, God shepherds us. God shepherds Joseph like sheep. He takes care of us. Despite the fact that Joseph is a king, despite the fact that Joseph is beautiful, despite the fact that Joseph is a leader, it is his connection with God, his submission, being like a sheep to Hashem, and Hashem taking care of him in detail, as lovingly as one takes care of a lamb, that relationship. His going into Egypt did not promote arrogance. His going into Egypt grew him to the point where when his brothers came down, he was able to help them as well and ultimately to look after them, to look after his father, the family, and then the descent into Egypt, which is preceded by Joseph's descent, is the way that the Jewish nation grows and ultimately leaves Egypt and ultimately gets the Torah and goes forward to continue making this world a dwelling place for God. Let's talk for a moment about traveling. The Lubavitch Rebbe has encouraged that for safety, we put into our cars holy Jewish books and a tzedakah box, a charity box, to make the car a vehicle of Torah, prayer, and good deeds. The world stands on, the world is based on those three, Torah, Avoida, Gemilus, Chasodim, the study of Torah, prayer and connection to Hashem through prayer, and loving deeds, Gemilus, Chasodim, doing for others. So when we put a sidur, a chumash, or a tehillim, a chumash, a prayer book, or a book of psalms, a chumash, a Torah book, the Torah, and we put a charity box into our car, even if we don't use them, the car now becomes designated, sanctioned as a vehicle of Torah study of prayer and acts of good deeds. Some also have the custom to put a mezuzah, again, into the cubbyhole. You don't hang it in the car. But all of these serve as protection. And coming now to the holidays where there may be road trips or long road trips, please see to it that you protect yourselves with these very, very simple, practical um, ways, which it's a no-brainer. So you put a sidur, a small sidur, small tehillim, a small chumash. In fact, there is um, a book that they've bound together that they call chitas, which has a chumash, a tilim, a tanya, a sidur, a hayom yom, five little books bound into one. And it's a bit of a thick book, and it's called the car book amongst other things, because it's just so easy. And if you put one of those somewhere in your car, and what about those small charity boxes from from the Chev, 
which actually have the prayer for travelers printed on them. And that's why they made them small. Again, keep it in your car. And so we're about to enter a very special Shabbos, the Shabbos of Joseph, the Shabbos where although six of the parshas are dedicated to Jacob, four of them are primarily about Yosef, Joseph, because Joseph is the continuation of Jacob, Joseph, the son of Rachel, Joseph, the one whom his mother named Yosef, Hashem li benacher. May God add for me another son. And we might have mentioned it last week, but that wish, not only that she should have one more son because she knew that there would only be 12 tribes and 11 had already been born, but the words indicate what is the Joseph in all of us all about. Very often, sons or the son within us becomes estranged from their father in heaven. Estranged. Acher. I've turned my back on you. I don't think about you. I don't bring you into my life, Hashem. But her wish is that each one of us reaches out to another, even if we're not perfect. Yesef Hashem li acher. May Hashem help us that we're able to turn the acher into a bane, to return the son and make him close again to his father in heaven. And each one of us in this world is a child of God. And the mission of the Jew is to be a symbol of that, a light unto the nations, to reach out to improve every place that we come to, to uplift all those with whom we come into contact, to know that no matter where we find ourselves, even Joseph in the court of Pharaoh remains Joseph. We'll be right back after this. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And so as we approach Hanukkah, lighting the first candle, please God on Sunday night, What is the message of Hanukkah? The message of Hanukkah is leadership and light. Judah Maccabee, a small band of Jews, the few, the weak, overpowering the many and the strong. How? By being attached above, by not being afraid, knowing that Hashem is on our side, knowing that Hashem has very much created the circumstance that we find ourselves in and that we do have the wherewithal to overpower. Otherwise, Hashem would not have opened our eyes to the situation. He would not have put us into this situation at all. But how? And what do we do? I would like to share with you a beautiful story, an incident, really, where... We understand from advice that the Rebbe gave what we need to do and how we need to do it. So let's think. We're going on holiday. We're landing somewhere. We're arriving. God has created those circumstances, and there will be things there that only we 
can accomplish. Only we can uplift. There will be people we will meet, circumstances we will, we will encounter. And each and every one is for us to deal with, for that space, for us in a particular time, in a particular space, for that space to benefit, and of course for us to benefit. It's a trifold thing. I will benefit if I tackle it. The person I'm dealing with is going to benefit, and the environment is going to benefit, which is a mind-boggling idea that very often we don't see that we were successful initially. As with Yosef, it took many years until Yaakov understood the mechanisms that had been put into place through seeming negative things. But Yaakov understood from the beginning, which we all need to do, that there is a plan. And he saw in Yosef the power that was needed to get the job done, to take the job forward. And even though Yosef was only one and the brothers were so many, he had the power. Let's understand that each one of us is called Yosef. And wherever we go, whatever situation Hashem opens our eyes to, it's meant for us. And we mustn't procrastinate. We must do it quickly. So here's our story. A young rabbinical student, after finding out that there was no Jewish high school in Mexico was inspired that he should open a school there. And he went to various Jewish leaders to ask them for their guidance, for their blessing. But wherever he, met, he went, the leaders were quite skeptical. They looked at him. They looked at the situation. Anyhow, he was quite disheartened. And guess what? He went to see the Rebbe. So one Thursday night, he's in a private audience with the Rebbe, and he pours out his heart. And the Rebbe's response? In my view, said the Rebbe, not only should you go ahead with this mission, but you should do so immediately. And very passionately, the Rebbe said, if possible, you should leave for Mexico tomorrow morning so you can plant the seeds of a Jewish high school there even before Shabbos. Anything worth doing is worth doing now. So often in our lives, we know we should say something, do something, go somewhere. But then all these reasons for, I, I really can't do it right now. I'm busy. I'm not up to it. I don't feel like it. They don't deserve it. Anything worth doing is worth doing now. And of course, there's benefit in a holiday. And of course, a person needs a Shabbos, not only the weekdays. And Hashem has made it so that there is such a thing as a summertime. And of course, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's take on summers was that Children should be in a constructive program. They should be in a camp where they have fun, but at the same time, they study, they grow in a fun way. Children don't need to be at a loose end and drive their parents crazy. 
Children need structure. The structure can be different. Children need structure. The truth is, all of us need structure. Sometimes it's structured resting, but all of us benefit from structure. We wake up in the morning, we say the Modani, we wash our hands, we connect with God, we think about Hashem, and maybe our schedule's not so hectic, but Hashem is part of our day. We need to pray, we need to make blessings on food, we need to think about Hashem. Hashem's thinking about us. And so, if anything is worth doing, it's worth doing right now. Hashem has brought us that opportunity. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker, back with you on Chai FM. And we're talking about going on holiday and being the Joseph in your environment, remaining who you are, and at the same time benefiting your environment. And of course, anything worth doing is worth doing right now. And I would like to share another story. And that other story is because everybody knows that this is what Chabad people do, Lubavitcher people do. They will go somewhere, they will put on tefillin with someone, ask them if they're Jewish, would you like to light a Shabbos candle? And now that it's Hanukkah, do you have a menorah? Chabad House, as you know, is giving out to menorahs to all those who would like to light Hanukkah candles. And it is encouraged that each one of us light in our own homes, in our own spaces, not just in the public communal lightings. They're wonderful. But each one of us should add in light. But it's not just Chabad people. So here's a story. There's a certain Dr. Robert Wilkes, and he writes to the Rebbe, and he congratulates the Rebbe and the Shluchim, his emissaries, for their exceptional dedication and concern for every Jewish individual. What do you think the Rebbe answered? He said, needless to say, such appreciation is very gratifying. But I must confess and emphasize that this is not an original Lubavitch idea. He said, it is basic to Torah Judaism. Caring about someone else. You know that your fellow has a soul. We need to take care of every aspect of someone we love. And knowing that your fellow Jew is part of you, whether the love is revealed or not, it's basic to Torah Judaism. And if you truly love your fellow as yourself, you would want them to be loved by everyone, not just by you. Each one of us, whether we're Chabad or not, would grow so much, gain so much for themselves, following this incredible, incredible example set by the Rebbe, to see ourselves as God's emissaries in this world so that wherever he takes us, there's a mission waiting, there's a person waiting, there's something important to do which will benefit the other and benefit ourselves as well. <laughs> 
And I do have another story. And this story is, again, about a private audience where there's a businessman who's visiting the Rebbe. And the Rebbe asks him, how's your business? How's your livelihood doing? And the man didn't want to take up the Rebbe's time talking about ordinary, everyday, mundane things. And when the Rebbe saw the man hesitating, he actually shared a story with him. He said, you know, it was during Choyl HaMoyed Sukkot, the intermediate days of Sukkot. And the law, the Jewish law, halacha, discourages, you know, worldly activities, business during this time. And included in that, it discourages writing. And the reason for that is to protect and preserve the joy and the holiness of the Yontif of the festival. So the Jewish law speaks about rather don't do these mundane activities. So here's the story. The Rebbe says to this businessman, it was one Chalamoyed, one in, of the intermediate, day, intermediate days of Sukkot. And I came into the office of my father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe. And I was surprised to see him writing a letter. And when I caught a glimpse of that letter more closely, I was even more surprised because I saw that he's writing to someone about their employment, about business matters. So the Rebbe said, I asked my father-in-law how he could allow himself to write a letter on Chalamoid about so mundane a matter. And my father-in-law said something amazing. He said, Zain Gashmias is mein Ruchnias. His material worries, his physical concerns, is my spiritual concern. What are we all about? About ourselves? No. The Baal Shem Tov said that a soul can come down to this world and live 70 or 80 years just to do one favor for another person. It's not about us. It's about finding a way to help the other. Previous Rebbe said, his gashmias is my ruchnias. His material concern, his parnosa, his livelihood, is my spiritual concern. And when we see that as the goal or the incentive, if we need it, to reach out to someone else, to realize why God brought that person into our space, our holiday will be very different. We will go there with different eyes. We will travel with a different feel. And we will come back having had the holiday of a lifetime. A good Shabbos, a Freilich and Chanukah, a safe and healthy summer.